I'm Jade English, and this is Finding Feel Good. So let's look at it from a different perspective. It's the one of surrender and letting go. And incidentally, I would say that if you've ever walked across hot coals, which I have, went to one of those Tony Robbins events, and it was just like over in 10 seconds. But because I'd had the experience of many times choosing to go into an ice bath, knowing that it's going to cause this effect on my body, bringing my body back into a state of balance and therefore my mind, it was just like those 10 seconds were like, bam, bam, bam. Easy. You know, it's just like, I've got this. And you just consciously take over the, and control. Says, okay, thank you, mind. Thank you for the signal. But I'm safe. I'm okay. And I'm going to stay. <laughs> oh. Let it out. <sighs> so it's been a few days since the cacao experience in Changu, and it's just been so nice wandering around, eating nice, fresh, tasty food, and everything just seems to have like a more of a connection to nature. Like the food doesn't seem to be quite as processed. Um, I'm gluten free, so that's great because over here they seem to have loads of options and it actually tastes really great so it does make you realize that you can still get great quality food if you're you know if you can't have certain things like dairy or gluten like myself but the weather it's just i mean it's hot i'm not gonna lie to you it's absolutely boiling but it's uh it's lovely and i've been doing f45 again that's become part of my daily ritual but now I'm moving from Changu to Ubud and I can't wait. So Ubud is quite different to Changu. It's more of a hippie vibe, I would say. A bit more rustic and not quite as, I guess, I guess Changu is more like your digital nomad place, whereas Ubud is really for your yoga or your sound healing. And actually today, I'm going to go and experience cold therapy. So this is often referred to as the Wim Hof method. And I'm going to be trying that out with Alex from Breathing Cold Barley. So I actually spoke with Rich Ailing before I flew out here to find out more about what I should be expecting with Alex here at Breathing Cold Barley. Rich is a former Wim Hof method instructor and coach. He's currently living in Lisbon and was previously in Bali where he found cold therapy in 2016. He says it transformed his immune system and taught him countless other benefits and now he wants to do the same for others. So my preconceptions of what ice therapy is then is (laughs) going to try and nail this now and please jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe the coldness does something to our nervous system and can help us deal with fear. That is kind of my level of knowledge when it comes to ice therapy, cold therapy. Could you give me a little bit more of an insight into what it is and how it can help people find their feel good? Mm, Happily. So there's certain different benefits that we can speak to. And there's the physiological benefits that, you know, work with the immune system to make that stronger. But that's harder to relate to feeling good. When you jump into a freezing cold lake, the the standard, you know, thought in your mind is, why am I doing this? This is going to hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be awful. And then you get in there and you have that shock. Exactly. And then you get out of there as quickly as you can. And you go, I did it. <laughs> right. So that's when you go in unprepared with your mind. But when you actually jump in there and you go, okay, I'm going to go in there with the intention of finding balance and calm in there. 
something amazing happens and you've overcome a, a level of fear that, you know, most people would never think of trying. And it's a beautiful feeling that, again, if we do it safely, we can sit in there for two, three minutes or so and then come out and again, mindfully just kind of sit down and, and you've overcome the shock factor in your nervous system. And there's something beautiful in that. And of course, there's the endorphins and this kind of rush that would meet the feel-good factor. But beyond that, you know that you've just conquered something that was before something you'd never dream of. Yeah. So how did you get into this, Rich? I know that you suffered with an autoimmune disease and that led you to the Wim Hof method. The reason that I came to the Wim Hof method was because I was a curious human and I just saw this crazy looking guy, you know, sat on the top of Mount Everest in shorts seemingly at peace with himself and he's quite a character and it's like what has he got give me some of that you know it was a side benefit of doing this incredible ice work and breath work that suddenly the inflammation in my system that was at the root of my autoimmune disease cleared out and that I don't have any symptoms of my illness anymore that was like I didn't go into it for that reason and it's healthy not to go into it for that reason but what a benefit yeah right what was the name of the autoimmune disease that you had? I was diagnosed in 2006 with ulcerative colitis, which affects the colon. And it's kind of similar to Crohn's disease. Yeah, I've had some gut problems over the years and they diagnosed me with, well, tried to diagnose me with anything under the sun, like IBS. In the end, they found out it was endometriosis. But before that, they were trying to test for everything with your gut. But then, so you don't get any effects of that at all now after doing. I know you've said that the ice therapy obviously helps with autoimmune diseases and with your own personal journey, but was it just that that helped you or was it a completely shift of lifestyle? That's a great question. And the answer is the latter. Right. It's never just one thing. It was a wake up call to be diagnosed with that and a chance for me to say, what am I doing with my life? How am I living it? Do I want to have my colon removed? Do I want to have to, you know, be obsessed with diet and what I put into my body for the rest of my life? Or do I want to make some fundamental changes? And so I'm grateful for that diagnosis back then, painful as it was at the time. And so, yeah, total change in mindset about, you know, what's important to me. So changing my state of relationship, changing the job that I was in, because I was quite unfulfilled at the time. I was stressed. I was angry, you know, so all of this plays a role. And then of course, things alongside of that, which help us find balance, like yoga and meditation or your version of you know, that breathing and, and cold therapy were a huge part too, but also just, you know, doing something that I found more fulfilling and, and, and starting to be more creative with my time instead of resenting other people for seemingly doing the things that I couldn't and taking back more responsibility and sovereignty in my life. That was the thing that really changed it. And let's not forget, you know, yes, taking care of your diet, taking responsibility there and a lot of patience too. What did you work in before you started coaching? Before I was coaching, when I was diagnosed with my autoimmune disease, I was managing a bar restaurant. Right. Stress. So, you know, yeah. shift work, you know, you know it, stuffing my face with great pub food. <laughs> organic pub food is still pub food. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> you know, drinking a lot just because I could just help myself to a pint of great ale and it wasn't a good time, but I left that and then I moved into something that I found really enriching, which was actually teaching English. I went traveling for a year. Oh, really? Yeah. And I found myself in Germany. I was in love at the time with a German woman and 
it seemed like the natural thing to do. And I'd had an idea that I wanted to do it. And suddenly I just found this outlet to be creative and to be useful to other people and just to kind of help them. And 10 years later, full of, you know, just asking people questions to get to know them better so they can express themselves. That was kind of a natural way for me into coaching because it was like, how can I go deeper and help other people do what I did? Yeah. Overcome something and make some kind of life shift. Yeah. I do have to say, you do have a very calming energy. I know when I spoke to you the first time to sort of, you know, scope out if you wanted to come on this episode, I can definitely see how you ended up in the coaching space because after I spoke to you, I was like, yeah, feel pretty chill now. Is that code word for <laughs> sleepy? I mean, what do you mean by that? Yeah, bored, bored as hell. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really joking. Where's the motivating kind of coach that gets on the stage? Like, come on, everyone. I'm always going... I'm not like that. Everyone's got their own unique style, you know, no judgment, well and good, but thanks for the compliment. To hear that even now, it's like, am I? Okay. Because for years, there's so much anger and cynicism inside me to hear that, you know, even in those healing years and to let that out was a thing and going through that and then still people saying, yeah, you seem quite confident and calm. It's like, okay, mate. Happy you think so. You have no idea right? what's going on inside. <laughs> Our perception of ourselves versus how other people perceive us, two very different things. And so it's super healthy to check in with people that you trust, mm. not to put things out on social media and then, you know, take any of that feedback seriously. Mm. That's a minefield. You know, who are the people you trust in your life? Ask them how you're doing. That, that was really key for me as well. Yeah. There's a quote that I love. I'm not who you think I am. I'm not who I think I am. I am who I think you think I am. Perfect. So it's like we're living in a perception of a perception. So when you do go in the ice bath, this is how I imagine it's happening. I'm in a bikini, swimming costume, whatever, waiting to go into the ice bath. Talk me through the steps. What would actually happen from the moment I'm out waiting in my bikini and then the process of your thoughts afterwards and feelings and that journey? So quick caveat on safety, you know, do it with someone that actually knows what they're doing, especially if you've never done any cold exposure before, because getting into ice, that can be really dangerous. So you want to be supported in that. But let's assume that you are with someone that knows what they're doing. Before you get in, you want to get calm. Your body is going, danger, this isn't safe for me, right? It's actually your mind that's doing that. But when we start to learn to control our nervous system, then that's really, really powerful. So slowing down the breath by taking longer exhales naturally stimulates the vagus nerve and it helps us calm ourselves. So I would get you to, say, breathe in for a count of four and out for a count of eight or something like that for a few minutes before. And so you're just watching, wow, okay. Then I take you through and I say, you're going to shit yourself when you get in. There's going to be a moment as soon as you get in, you're going to go, what am I doing? Get out, not safe. And then you go, yeah, but I know better. Mm. And you know better than that. So you've set that intention. You know that's going to happen. Okay, and what did Rich say? Okay, the next thing to do is come back to balance again. And that would look like slowly exhaling, which won't look very glamorous because you'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, slow that exhale down again. And it's like magic (sighs) until you get to a state of complete calm. Your mind knows that you're okay in there. You're only going to be in there for a couple of minutes. It's always a battle with the mind. The body, once you've activated that breath technique and you slow the breath, the exhale down. So it's long, slow exhales. Like I'm, I'm calming myself down. I'm, calm, I'm using a calm voice now as I describe it to you. And I'm going to be right there next to you. And you're going to be like, okay, I feel safe here. And that's an interesting thing. Like women 
by and large, I don't want to generalize, but it's been my experience taking thousands of people through this now. Women don't like that feeling of like a lack of safety. But once they get over that, like, okay, I'm not safe to do this. And then they're in there, they're in bliss. Men, on the other hand, love to prove themselves. And they're like, they're the first ones to jump in and go, look at me. And then they shit themselves. It's like, oh God, <laughs> uh, I actually need to manage this. And, you know, there's no way of jumping out now. And, and I've got several pictures where a woman sat there, eyes closed, calm as a Hindu cow. Next to her, there's a guy going, <laughs> like struggling through it. Women are predestined to deal with more pain than men, right? You've got more receptors on your body to look out for that danger. You're designed to give birth. We don't have that gift. And so there's an extra battle for you there, but it's much more, I have to say sexy. I'm just going to say it. It's very sexy to see an empowered woman in or out mm, of a nice bath, yeah. you know? But when they've overcome that in that moment, they're just like, don't need you anymore, Rich. And I'm like, I know, ciao. I see it. I guess it's kind of just trying to master your own mind then, isn't it? As ever. Wow. I kind of want to say, I always think the mind and the body have to create a connection with each other, but it almost feels like in this, there needs to be a disconnect in like, hold on, if my, you, you know, my mind is thinking, my body, get my body out, get my body out, like it's cold, ah, whereas all of a sudden your mind can go, hold on, your body is fine, like chill out. Does that make sense? <laughs> so let's look at it from a different perspective. It's the one of surrender and letting go. And incidentally, I would say that if you've ever walked across hot coals, which I have, went to one of those Tony Robbins events, and it was just like over in 10 seconds. But because I'd had the experience of many times choosing to go into an ice bath, knowing that it's going to cause this effect on my body, bringing my body back into a state of balance and therefore my mind, it was just like those 10 seconds were like, bam, 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 easy. You know, it's just like, I've got this, you know, and that's the feel good factor that might not be like, wah, in the moment. But the fact that you can manage your own nervous system's responses means that in real life, you know, you, you're reacting to your partner in an argument and you can catch yourself and go, hang on, I'm breathing quite heavily. Well, easy, you know, like, okay. And then just, okay, let's take a break and, and not be so reactive. That means you can deal with like stress at work very differently. You know, it's like noticing what's happening in your body because that moment in the ice, when you're sat there for a couple of minutes, that's pure meditation. You're not thinking about dinner. All you're thinking about is like regulate your breath, slow down that exhale. And then until you get to this state of calm, you know, you can bring that into daily life. It's amazing. Once you've done it once, you've got it. And that's what's really cool about it. Yeah. So I guess it kind of brings back that message of like, don't give up as well. You know, if you do persevere, then actually at the end of it, you're going to be all right. There's something around surrender, letting go, trusting and as a caveat, you know, if you're like violently shivering, you know, there are signs from your body that you want to listen to more than that. Got to get through this mentality. That's the ultimate failure. So it's a bit of both, I'd say. Yeah. Do you still do cold showers and stuff in the morning to try and keep on top of it? Or is it just something that you, excuse the pun, dip in and out of? <laughs> I always finish showers cold. Sometimes I start with them cold as well. Like, that's just good for your immune system. It's like having an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Like, you know, I, I rarely, if ever, get sick from anything because I regularly test my immune system, you know, to keep it strong. So those daily cold showers, that's the kind of long-term plan. Yeah. I have to admit, I'm really not very good with the cold. It's like... <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I'm really not good with the cold. I have to admit, I've just bought an electric blanket, actually. <laughs> <laughs> not so much I don't like being cold. I have another confession. I had a cold shower before this interview you did it in Bali as well didn't you that's where you held a lot of your Wim Hof method classes yeah and I'd say to my participants like you're in Bali when you get out of ice cold water you're going to heat up whether you like it or not I trained in the mountains of Poland in minus 15 degrees walking up mountains in my shorts and and whatnot that was that was insane but that was also doable so you know Bali ice baths are kind of they're still a real deal but that's where you're going you're going to be fine. So the Wim Hof method that you learned in Poland then, the actual Wim Hof method, how did you end up finding that and actually getting on that course? Is it easy to sort of do that? Like if I wanted to train and be a Wim Hof instructor, what would I have to do? I guess you'd have to get in the line, you know, and wait with the thousands of others. Thought so. When I first discovered the method back in 2016, I think I heard him talk on a Tim Ferriss podcast or something like that. I saw the now famous Vice documentary, still an inspiring watch. And I just bought the online course, which anyone can buy now. And I just had this profound experience over three, four weeks of like, I've never felt like this in my body. Where are my symptoms? Why is it I can now eat and drink whatever I want again? I've never felt more alive. I want to help other people feel this way. So I had a look and sure enough, they had an academy set up. And I reached out and said, yeah, we're doing the first round of sort of international instructors. I think there were a few in Holland already set up because that's where he's from, the Netherlands, excuse me. They chose a select few of us, about 28. And we went up to Wim's other place in, in the mountains of Poland. And we trained there for a week, you know, in the snow every day and jumping in freezing cold lakes and then running into saunas and just drinking lots of vodka and then jumping back in the lake again. There were moments of connection to something I've never experienced before. And there was a lot of drinking too. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it wasn't the sort of like um, spiritual Mecca. You can make out of it what you want. Wim's a unique character and he taught us a lot. Is he great? He is very, very charismatic, isn't he? From, I mean, I've seen that Vice documentary and I've seen him on a few different things. His popularity is definitely boosted, hasn't it, in the last few years as well. I mean, he's a bit crazy, isn't he, really? That, that's sort of his brand, but in like a endearing way. Yeah. I mean, someone else has described him like this. So that's my way of justifying what I'm about to say. Mm. (laughs) But Wim is like sort of four or five year old kid. He's just playful. He says the first thing that comes to his mind. He's not a stickler for the rules in any way. Things can go in any direction. Structure is not a word that he really resonates with either, which is why there's a whole method that, you know, his family and other people have built around him. He'd guide like people into sitting to an ice bath for 20 minutes on day three of a retreat, which should kill you. And there's something about the sort of collective spirit and the belief that he does something that I just, you know, even three or four years after doing the method and teaching the method, I just, it blew me away. That shouldn't be possible. And yet there's something about him, just no filters, that's very refreshing in this world full of spiritual gurus who, at least the the male ones, you know, generally tend to be a disappointment. And this guy's just real and fun. Oh, that's so nice to hear. I mean, that is one of the reasons of wanting to do this series, really. I went to Bali a few years ago and was not in a very good headspace, really. Don't get me wrong, there were some people I met that were definitely there for the right reasons and I knew that they wanted to help people but I think there is also quite a few people especially in Bali the spiritual mecca of Bali that are I don't want to I think a lot of them have good intentions but I also think it has become 
a business for a lot of people. I could talk hours for hours about that. I think there are a lot of people out there and in the world that have good intentions, but in the world of personal development and spiritual growth, you know, there's zero regulation. So we can all go out there and myself included make claims and, and, you know, say what we want. And that's well and good as long as, you know, there's enough integrity behind what we're doing and that can fall short sometimes. And it's a learning process for people as they go through this, people overcharge, people don't show up. And then of course there's the issue of boundaries, which is a a really big one, you know, like I'm really attracted to you and yet this is a professional encounter. So nothing can happen there. And I need to have watertight boundaries around that, no matter how much one of us might want to connect to the other, you know, or maybe should we even be working together if that energy is there? These are things that I feel strongly about because if you're coaching someone, if you're teaching someone, if you're helping someone in their growth, you, you know, you, you can't be getting involved like that. And all too often things go wrong and that they come out years later and you feel let down by people that we've looked up to for a long time. And the reality is we've expected them to be something that they were not, which is, you know, more than human. And there's some personal responsibility that we need to take care of ourselves But there's also in anyone that puts themselves in a position of authority, you know, any kind of guru dom, it's like, you need to be on point, sir, you know? And there's very few people I unfortunately find that are, but hopefully we can change that. Hopefully we'll find them. Right. Well, thank you. I think that's everything. You've made me a little bit more nervous, not going to lie, in terms of how cold I'm actually going to (laughs) be. But you've also made me way, way more excited as well, because I think that level of mastering your mind. I don't think we're taught that enough in childhood or just in day-to-day life. I mean, I don't know if it's something that's maybe done more in Eastern traditions, but I definitely don't think in the Western world we're really taught to self-reflect. Do you think that? I think there's a profound lack of self-awareness in the Western world. I think a lot of us are starting to realize that and want to go about finding it and where to begin. There's just an entire industry from it now, but how about we start, you know, implementing that at a younger age. Mm, For sure. That would be the next best thing to do. And if I see my young nephew in school meditating, you know, he asked me to teach him meditation. He was just sat there earnestly, just trying so hard. It was like, oh, cute. And also great that this is happening, you know? So it's it's a huge problem, but I see that there is a shift in awareness that we need to tackle it. So I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic too. It was so great to meet Rich and hear about his experiences with ice work and cold therapy. So now I'm off to meet Alex at Breathing Cold Barley to experience it for myself. So we're in the taxi on the way to Ubud now and we're just going through all the like little shanty towns and stuff like that. I have to admit, I quite like getting out into the into the more rural bit. It feels a bit more real and a bit more a bit less touristy. It's just really green and like it always makes me laugh because there won't be anything for miles, and then all of a sudden there'll be five in the same shop. I'm just looking out the window now, and there's like rice fields all the way and palm trees, which are really tall. And I have to admit, I'm absolutely boiling as we went. It feels like we're going into more of like the jungle now as well, doesn't it? So we're nearly at breathing cold barley now. The more I actually think about what we're going to do, the more I'm dreading it. 
because I think, well, I'm going to be bloody freezing. Um, it's so quiet in Uber, though. It feels a bit eerie again. Just can't see how they're going to be able to recover from it being so quiet again. It's actually quite nice, though. Usually it's so busy that you can't move. It feels like it's sort of gone back to old Bali, what it was like before tourism went absolutely mad. Thank you so much. How much? 37. Here we go. Yeah, 20, 37. Yes. Thank you. Terimakasi. Bye. Hi. Hi. You're okay. Nice to meet you. I'm Jade. Hi. I feel like I'm in a dream. It's like actual paradise. So I'm just walking down like this rickety path. To my left, there's all rice fields, palm trees, birds. So we're going to get into it now. I'm here with Alex, who is an ice therapy teacher in training and runs Breathing Cold Barley. He's originally from France and helps people learn techniques and tools that he used himself to recover from depression. He's also trained with the Wim Hof in Poland, and I can't wait to find out more. Alex, very good to meet you. Good to meet you too. Thank you for coming all the way here. No, thank you for having me. It's so beautiful here. I can't actually believe the setting. It's... Um, we're currently on like a wooden podium, would you call it? Looking out. Call it a shallah. A shallah. There we go. On, on a wooden shallah, looking over some rice fields with beautiful coconuts and palm trees. And there's not really a soul around, is there? It's gorgeous. <laughs> so lucky. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I think it's important for everyone to have their little cave, you know? Mm. And that's interesting because we, we think ourselves are very evolved beings, but our physiology hasn't much evolved from where we were cavemen and women. So having that awareness and having a place to retrieve is, I find, very important. Definitely. I do think nature is one of the most important things with actually feeling good. You're an animal, so of course. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny how we actually don't connect those dots, though, and a lot of us don't realize that, you know, if you're living, living in a concrete jungle it's going to have some sort of effect on your mental health. So it is interesting. So anyway, more importantly, how did you get into ice therapy? I'm so intrigued. There's a little ice box that I think I'm about to get in in a little bit, which I'm very yep. nervous about. How did you get into it? Hmm. So first I got to discover the power of breath work and I was not spiritually awakened. I, the concept of energy was completely woo-woo to me. And I just, I, I was always admiring religious people because I felt, okay, you know, they've got that to hang out to, but wasn't there for me. So I, I really felt I was missing on something. And I, I had a complete breakthrough in a breathwork session. My first breathwork session, within 10 minutes, I had an incredible breakthrough. Like I really, yeah, I resolved Everything in relation with my kids, with my parents, with my partner, my business, in a split second. Why? What happened? I was asked to go there by my therapist who was trying to help me save my marriage. And she was trying to, me, to get me to express my emotions. And that was not available to me. You know, I was providing for the family. Why do you bother me? Isn't that enough? That's how I, I was raised. So she thought, okay, I can't do anything with this guy. Let's take him to breathwork. And I arrived at breathwork. It's a bunch of hippies, you know, the facilitators coming back from Peru and it's crystals and feathers everywhere. And I just don't belong there. And everybody started to do, you know, animal movements and stomping and five rhythm dance. And I just sat back and said, all right, I'm going to watch from a distance. But eventually they asked us to lay down and to start this connected breath. 
I don't know why, but the girl next to me started masturbating. <laughs> I did not expect that. In my world, that doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. Mm. You know, maybe in porn movies, but it's pretty much <laughs> the only place where I consider that happening. I stood up on my forearm and I, I looked at her. What was incredible is no one cared. Everybody found that completely normal. She's doing her thing. And the facilitators were drumming. And I, so I was not horny. I was just not comprehending the situation. And after maybe 10 minutes of that show, I decided I had enough. And I closed my eyes and I took a deep breath. And I had the download there and there at that moment. Now I researched because I like science. What happened is basically... My mind was not able to comprehend a situation, whatever the trigger was. So it stopped. It froze. I was no longer thinking about my future. I was not stuck in the past, which is really hard to do. Mm. You know, you really need a lot of meditation practice to be completely present for 10 minutes. So that space that I created involuntarily, like against my own decision, got me to create the space for whatever is happening, download, however you want to call it. So that's what happened. And because I had resolved everything in my life, I, I, I had no choice but to change my life around. I had no choice. This is more powerful than anything else. I was an environmentalist. I was trying to you know, convince the world of doing the right thing and was going nowhere with it. So really that was, that was so powerful that I said, okay, I have to give my life to the breath. I have to explore more. I have to understand that. So I really got to explore the science behind breath work. I'm completely obsessed with breath work and all modalities around breath work. Along the way, I got to connect with Wim Hof, who has a really wonderful breathing method. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I did his breathing method, which I loved. And one day I got the opportunity to do a, an ice bath workshop. I got drunk the night before. I slept through the presentation hardly could hold my breath during the, breath, the, the, the session. And I just tried to escape. I had no intention of getting in the eyes. That was just sounded like a bad idea. And It does sound like a bad idea. <laughs> it does, yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense because we've been conditioned that way. Don't get out. You're going to get cold. You're going to get sick. Da, 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 put your jacket on. You know, we've been conditioned that cold is bad for you. And my, I was there with my best friend who's twice my size and he just didn't let me escape. Everyone went into the eyes and I'm the last one and I just didn't want to do it. And I went in completely reluctantly. And I, as soon as I got in, it was stronger than me. I just released crazy sound. I was dying. I was dying. And at the same time, I could get out at any moment. And that feeling of being fully in control, fully safe, and at the same time, experiencing a near-death experience was hard to grasp. And again, I fell in love. Again, it got me says, my God, this is, this. And, and, and of course, I completely fell in love with the ice. I stayed longer. I did it a second time, five minutes later. And I had to buy an ice bath soon after. And it was just, I call it forced mindfulness. And that's what I love about breathwork and ice baths is I, I don't really need you to have any experience or any practice. It's not like yoga or martial art. This shit works. And that's what's incredible about it. And that's why I'm, you know, grateful for you to be here and everyone to hear about the power of breathwork and ice baths because this is just stronger than you. And that's what's amazing. It's just, you will experience it. You know, it's, that's it. I don't have any, I don't have to sell it to you. I don't have to convince you. I don't have to coach you or just get in the eyes, shut up. And let, <laughs> then, and then we can talk, you know, that's exactly it. The whole preparation Breath work, the, it's just conditioning of the mind. I'm going to get your mind to be safe enough to understand, to feel safe in my presence so you can get in. But I, you're getting in, I'm not getting in. So, you know, it's just 
It's just helping you get there. I actually tried breath work the other week for the first time and I didn't expect anything from it. And it was unbelievably powerful. And I can totally understand what your sort of picture you're painting in terms of like meditation and yoga and that sort of stuff can be quite progressive and quite slow. And I think if you're quite a fast paced person, which I certainly have been in the past and still sometimes am, it can almost feel like you do need like that forcing mechanism. So I presume that's maybe how the ice bath work does it. I love that concept of forced mindfulness. You can get it in so many ways. You sit into a, in, in a sauna and at one stage you want to get out. It's too much. Okay, enough. That's when it starts. That's when you start the practice, when you stay and you embrace and you just say, okay, I want to get out. And you have this fight with yourself. When the mind is telling you, come on, that's, that, that's enough now, get out. And you just consciously take over the, and control. It says, okay, thank you, mind. Thank you for the signal. But I'm safe. I'm okay. And I'm going to stay. I tell you why it's so important. Because whenever you feel that trigger in your everyday life, when you want to run away from a situation, I train myself to do something I don't want to do every day by getting into an ice bath. Every day, open the ice bath. I, I never want to do it. I never want to do never. it. Never. Never. But, and sometimes I cannot stay very long because I'm not well. Or I'm, just the fact that I went in is enough. I've done it. I went beyond the resistance, the stir in the mind, and I've done it. So whenever I feel a resistance in my life, I'm able to assess, what am I facing? Is it fear or danger? If it's danger, then okay, good. The trigger is there for a purpose. Don't be stupid. But if it's just fear, I know for a fact that growth is on the other side. So I, I push through it. And it can be cleaning my desk, doing my accounting, speaking with an ex-partner, uh, going to the hospital to do a checkup that I you postponed. You know, all these things that we don't want to do. Knowing that that's the way to grow changes your relation with resistance. You know, all of a sudden you welcome it. You welcome it because you know that's, that's the path to growth. Yeah. I can, no, I can totally understand that. I guess it sort of changes that instant reactivity, doesn't it? I know that you, well, from, from researching you, that you sort of got into this as well because you suffered with depression and I've experienced that myself and anxiety and stuff sort of, well, first of all, what were you were just saying about fear? Sometimes I feel like anxiety is fear over something that it does exist, but it definitely doesn't exist in the same way that the reality of it. So I can imagine how doing something like ice baths would maybe bring up anxious feelings, that fear of something that isn't going to kill you, but then you sort of pushing through and realizing it's not danger, it's fear. But like how, what I'm curious about is what was that mind shift for you? Was it like, you know, when you're in that dark place, I know how that feels. It's awful. And sometimes you don't feel like there is a sort of way out. You know, how did you sort of build yourself back up? And would you, you know, thank the ice baths for that? The fundamental idea is that anxiety, stress, depression is all happening in the mind. The idea with all those practices is to develop your ability to improve what's called felt sense. It's like, you know, you close your eyes and feel, okay, now I'm focusing on my butt on the chair and I can sense my feet on the ground. And the idea of always bringing it back to the body, not in the mind, not staying with your stories, not staying because you cannot trust your mind. Your mind is owned by Facebook, your parents, <laughs> your reading, your people. Don't trust your mind. Don't trust your mind. Once you recognize and acknowledge that, you train yourself, go in the mind. 
And then you really just witness, okay, what's going on? Okay, I feel that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling depressed. I'm, there's something of sadness coming up. There's anger. There is resentment. It's okay. I can create, I call, it's called a wedge. I can create space between that sensation and my response. And it's really, again, you train that when you hold your breath, kumbakai. When you hold your breath, okay, now I can feel the urge to breathe and I can just witness it. I get in the eyes, I can witness the urge to get out, and I can just witness it, okay? And just the fact that you witness it already creates distance. You're ready to observe what's going on. Emotions, they don't hold on too long. So just the fact that you are able to just witness the anger, the emotion, the anxiety, just that you're creating that space already fades away. And the more you create space, the easier it is for you to move out of it. So it's really, again, I can't stress enough the importance of daily practice because what you train at, you master at. So it's really, okay, once life is like everything else, you know, if you want to be good at dealing with anxiety, you need to train. There are tangible physical benefits, you know, you get high. You know, you release all the cannabinoid getting in the eyes. It's great for your skin. You lose weight. You are, it's so many physiological benefits. But on top of that, you are developing mental resilience. So what, what is the science behind it? For people who've never experienced an ice bath or, you know, don't know, including myself, all those science-based approaches. The first one is hormesis, H-O-R-M-E-S-I-S. And it's basically the idea that if you put, um, uh, actually, that's how they started. You, you have yeast and you put a, a, a lot of detergent on the yeast and you kill the yeast. But if you just put a few drops on the yeast, you actually grow the yeast. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Developing that ability of, okay, I'm going to go to a place where I'm not okay. Learning to be okay when you're not okay, it's really, it's really powerful. So that's, that's, the, that's, the fir- that's the first one. The second one is, is related, it's called homeostasis, going back to being okay, going to normal. When you are getting out of the ice pass, your body temperature drops. And you're, not, you're, you're, you're feeling that sensation of not being okay. But you can trust and learn to trust your body you're going to be okay. And what have we, we don't do that in everyday life because we've been trained by our parents, you know, when you were five-year-old and your five favorite pet passed away, your parents told you, come on, let, don't look there. Come on, let's, let's go get an ice cream. Let's, let's do something fun. Don't, don't be sad. Don't cry. Come on, come on. Let's, let's do something else because they, they, they mean well. They want to protect you from suffering, silly parents. <laughs> and then what happens when your, your partner leaves you when you're 20-year-old? You know, you do like Bridget Jones and you stuff your face with ice cream because that's, that's, that's how you've been conditioned to deal with distress. But what happens when the doctor calls you and says you've got cancer? You know, there's no flavor of ice cream for that because we have not been trained to not be okay. So it's really important to develop that ability. Says, okay, I'm not okay right now. And actually I can be okay not being okay. It's okay. Mm. I'm not okay. And that's okay. That's really wonderful. That's really wonderful, wonderful practice. That's so powerful. I think once you've been, for me personally anyway, because I don't think I've trained myself enough to get to that place yet. Like, you know, I've been in a very, very dark place in the past and I'm in a good place now. And there's almost sometimes I find myself, if I am starting to go a little bit to the dark side, rather than being okay with that, I freak out and I'm like, oh no, it's coming back. What's going to happen? In some ways, it's like self-perpetuating because I'm then scared of feeling bad again. But I can imagine something like this would actually be very helpful for someone like me. Yeah. So, you, you know, something you can do is meditate on 
the fact that your partners leaves you or the fact that your kids die. You know, anything, learn in your body to be okay with it. Come to a term says, okay, I'm single now. You know, so whatever you feel you're relying on to be happy, this, you know, the ice bath is just, or breath work are just tools to get you to practice that. But you can do it with meditation. You know, death meditation is a very powerful one because it's, you know, it's just a concept, but it's a horrific one. But it's just training yourself to, yeah, just have that inner resilience. Mm. And, 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 and you need to do it when you're okay. Because that's then you know of course you're not able to do it when you're not when you're not okay and then you know ice bus has really tons of benefits from you know playing with you're, you're going to the extremes you know you adapt your environment you improving your recovery so athletes have been using it for 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 a long time you are having cardiovascular massage vasoconstruction vasodilatation getting in colder in the heart so you know every aspect it's just. It's just boosting every aspect of, of your body. It's, it's insane. So talk me through okay. it. What am I going to experience? So the most important is for you to witness yourself before you get in. And just just witness. So how, how am I doing? Because the answer is, actually, you don't know what's going to happen. So you're, everything that you think is going to happen is just a mental construct. So it's for you to witness, I just don't want to do it. I'm scared. Da, 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 and just be with it. And, you, and sometimes you will even release and be emotional. And before you get in, just witness that and calm yourself down. So you connect to your breath, you do nose breathing. You know, the nose breathing is calming parasympathetic nervous system activation through the nose, through the mouth is activating. You know, when you're stressed is, <sighs> when you're in love is, <sighs> okay, tapping into that superpower of calming the nervous system slowing down the breath, longer inhale, even longer exhale. And then at one stage, you're going to take an inhale. You're going to hold your breath. And on the exhale, you're going to get in. You know, exhale is parasympathetic. So you're going to relax. So as you're getting in the ice, the ice is going to send you a signal, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) And at the same time, you're sending a signal. So the body's getting a signal from the ice, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) And with your breath, you're sending a signal. Hey, I'm in love. That's great. I feel amazing with your exhale, prolonged exhale through the nose. And the body's going to get confused. And you want that confusion. You want to create that space. You, want to, uh, you, you need to create the space to observe the urge to get out. Yeah? Because you've got, you've got 10 seconds where the whole body gets activated, gets symptom, uh, signals in the, in, in the extremities to tell you, okay, well, if we stay here long, too long, we could die. Yeah. Okay. But people don't die of hypothermia when they go in the ice. They die because of the stress induced by them not wanting to be in the ice. So you getting in the ice in your swimsuit voluntarily is completely different from someone falling in the ice. So you can stay much longer than eight minutes, what people usually say for hypothermia, uh, just because you want to do it. That being said, you never do more than two minutes at first. You know, we just go progressively. And even if you do less than that, just be okay with the fact that you've done it. Always do it with someone. Uh, if you do it in nature, just have hot hot drinks with you and some clothes and someone easy nearby to help you with the clothes, you know, some safety measures for the listeners. And really go easy. Go, go spr- Don't do zero degree ice baths. Do, a, do a, a 12 degree shower. You know, I learned to take a cold shower and just... Learn to be okay with a cold shower, you know, just, just like everything else. So you're, you're, you're get, uh, your heart rate is going up. You will want, you get into a panic mode, you know, sympathetic. So you're going to, you're going to try to get air in 
you know, your eyes are going to more, maybe, you know, it could happen. They go, go in every direction. <laughs> so all the stress, out. all the stress uh, reactions. Yeah. And I, the reasons I say that is not to make you freak out, but just so that you can observe them when they, when they come. So you're going to do the opposite. You're going to send signals to the body. I'm okay. So what are you going to do? You're going to first try to find that power within yourself and we'll be there to support. But what happens when you're stressed? You're not hungry. Like, I don't want to eat tonight. I'm not, I had this stressful moment. You are constipated. Oh, I cannot, in three days, I cannot go to the toilet. You don't want to make love. You know, why you want me to make love? I'm, I'm distressed. Da, da, da. You know, so all these, we have all those. Why? Because when we have to survive, it's time to survive. It's not time to grow and restore and expand and make love. And make, love. <laughs> Wait, make love is reproduction. You know, this, this is not, it's not, Fun is is reproduction purpose, and you don't want to do that if 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 it's danger. You know, you are a cave woman. You know, don't think you ourselves. We 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 are not. We haven't changed in our bodies in that. So if we go back to how, why we behave the way we behave, as cave men, cave women, and closer to our true nature, things would be easier. It's just because we think ourselves so superior that then we're in trouble. What you can do is you can swallow, as if you were eating. You can move your belly, as if you were going to the toilet. Mm -hmm. You can do like cartoons and move your eyelids as if you were ready for love. <laughs> you can make a big smile. You know, you rarely die uh, with a smile. So you are, when you smile, you move your eyelids, you swallow, you can move your fingers and your toes. You're kind of sending signals to the body. Hey, I'm having a good time here. I'm in my cave and I'm happy. And you send those signals at the same time as the body is receiving these signals of, of danger. And that's incredible. That's empowerment. That's you really taking over control of the body. Mindset shift, mind over body. Body's having an experience and I can shift it. And that's a 15 seconds practice. That's what's incredible. Uh, if you struggle, you can make eye contact with me and then I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you stay with me. You know, we always talk about the, the power of connection and we've seen all those documentaries when you put two strangers making eye contact for a while, eye gazing for a while and they fall in love. And you have that with a right extremist and an immigrant. They've done this, uh, this just to show that we are one world, you know? So it's really that idea of, you know, if we connect at a heart level, then everything is possible. But you release a lot of beautiful uh, hormones of happiness when you just connect through the eyes. And, and so you feel safety in others, et cetera, et cetera. So you, we can do that. You can also put your hand on your chest, upper chest and just put uh, pressure on it with your other hand just to, again, bring your awareness to another part of your body, or you can put it on your, on your legs. And trust that it's, it's just not, that it's not going to last too long, that quickly you're going to be okay. It's like you've got to ride these 15 seconds, and then you're going to be fine. I trust yeah. you. No, no, you trust yourself. Before you do any of that, once you get in the ice, you don't even try to control anything. You let go. Because it's an incredible opportunity to potentially kind of revisit some traumas in a safe environment. So instead of trying to control the emotion, which we are so good at doing, why don't we let go? And you just don't think. You don't think about your breathing. You don't think about controlling anything. You scream, you laugh, you cry, you swear, whatever you want without paying attention to anyone around and you just allow yourself to feel what's, what's alive in your body. And you might, you might call me tomorrow, say, hey, I've resolved a childhood trauma that I didn't even know was there. That's why it's so powerful. So keep, you know, the first seconds for a complete release in, in, in there, not trying to control. And then after that, you take over. 
you come out, here in Bali, it's warm, but in cold countries, you want to make sure that you heat up the body um, fairly quickly. So you can do some movements, have a drink, a hot tea or something like that. Or go into a sauna. They do that in Finland or in Russia. So that's option one. Option two, because it's Ubud, we're allowed, you can have a full body orgasm. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. So what is usually a sexual uh, full body orgasm? It's basically sexual energy that is in, you know, lower part of your body that you are through your breath moving up until it get, spreads into the body. Okay. That's what's happening sexually. But when you get into the ice, the whole body gets activated. So it's much easier to really tap into that energy. So you really have a full activation, tingling sensation, hyperoxygenation of your organs. So you can really come into some kind of a shaking. And again, it needs for you to be completely free in your body and not care about, you know, having millions of people listen to you right now. <laughs> but, you know, if you're able to go beyond that, and, you know, it's great for men because it's much harder to access for men than, than for women. Oh, really? I mean, full body orgasm is, is hard. Usually men go for the quick exit. Yeah. But there is, there is an alternative, okay? So that's, that's the, the second option. The third option is, okay, that's only in a warm environment, but it's, it's to sit down and shut up and wait for the urge to move because you're going to be not okay. You're gonna, your temperature is going to, it's called the after drop. Your temperature is going to drop and you're going to start little bit shivering. You don't want to be too much, but just serve that, serve that moment and just says, okay, I'm not okay. And I can, I can be with it a bit. Again, again, because it's a very safe environment. Well, I guess we better get on with it. One thing before we do get on with it, I have a question that I ask every guest. What are three things that make you feel good? I have my own breathing method, which is a mix of Wim Hof, Dr. Jody Spencer and holotropic breathwork. The reason I mention it is because it's a very, it involves a lot of complicated breathing patterns. You do really strong breath, then a breath hold, and then some squeezing. So you release DMTs, it's a lot going on. And after I do this sequence, I breathe through my nose for two minutes. Now, why I mention that? Because you need to experience dysphoria to experience euphoria. Happiness is a hormone release. You know, you're happy after sex. It's hormone release. You, are, you have a nice connection. You have a nice meal. All this is hormone release. So once you understand that, you can actually hack it. So what makes me happy is one round of breathing because at the end, I feel that I've done what it needs for, for me to be happy. So it's really important because I don't rely on anything again from the outside. Is I make myself happy every morning just by doing this, you know, 10 minute sequence of, of breathing. And I leave as, my God. I'm happy. Yeah, I've, I've released dopamine. So that's, that's, that's one. The ice bath, you release uh, endocannabinoid. You will be high. You will be laughing. You will be just euphoric. And I have a really strong yoga practice. So I, 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 my yoga practice is where I really go to my edge where I can't do another vinyasa. I, can't just, I just can't do it. That's, that's, that's really good. So really strong ashtanga or yeah, strong practice of yoga. All right, darling, so now you forget about the cameras. Yeah. All right, so just connect with my eyes. Let's do some eye gazing for a few seconds. <laughs> so don't feel relaxed. <sighs> okay, you're going to take five breaths. And on the last inhale, you're going to hold your breath on the inhale. And you're going to step in on the exhale all the way down your shoulders under. And you let it out. Whatever needs to come out, you let it out. Don't try to control your experience. 
just be welcoming anything that will come. I just want you to find a place where you're actually looking forward to it. And you find joy and love and you want it. So you move out of the stress before you get it. Yeah? Come to a place of wanting it. That's it. Keep a smile. And when you're ready, inhale, you hold. And you step in. Let it out. That's it. Let it out. Make eye contact with me. I'm here. It's okay. You're gonna be okay. You know you're gonna be okay. So switch to nose breathing now. Mm. Like the shoulder. And trust that you're gonna be okay. Keep your smile. That's it. Let it out. Let it out. It's okay. You wanna scream? You wanna scream? You wanna cry? You can cry. It's not okay. Uh, and try to control. Uh, All right. It's great. You're doing great. All right. You can rest your head if you want in the back. If you push, push your legs a bit back. You're doing great. Now relax the shoulders. That's it. Relax every muscle up in the legs. No need to contract anything. Don't need for any contraction anywhere. It's okay. I'm doing great. That don't feel how I feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's let your inner dog come out. <laughs> Just don't hold in. And I'll count. <laughs> Welcome to Bali. <laughs> We're alive. Oh, I forgot to put the timer on. Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Fuck <laughs> it's a nice joke. It feels like I have gone a little right. bit Try warm. to let, let the shoulders down now. Yeah, that's it. No, 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 no. It's okay. Let's relax. Try to come to a place of pleasure, mm. relaxation. Try to get to that point where you could stay longer. Surrender. Don't try to control. Just surrender. That's it. It's letting go. There's nothing to control. There's nothing you can do. Just letting go. Just accept. Don't try to be stronger. Just let it out. That's it. Surrender to the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> We're almost at three minutes. So you can come out when you need Okay. I think I'm actually ready to go. <laughs> on your own time. Well done. Woohoo! Thank you. Oh. I don't know why your thank you sounds like fuck you, but <laughs> I, I would give you a hug, but the heart is there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, just take your time. I'm going to go towards the garden. I invite you to find a place, sit down, and just be with yourself for a bit. How was my reaction? Was that normal? You killed it. You were amazing. <laughs> you know, you you. I mean, I think there is no right or wrong in this in this thing. Is that you, you're just being you, and, and that's what it should be. But yeah, it was really yeah, just in control, and you allowed yourself to feel the emotions. But quickly, you were in control of whatever was going on fairly quickly, and yeah, just relaxed and came to a place. I could sense that at one stage you shift to actually enjoying it, being happy and free, and 
yeah, we checked the time and you stayed almost four minutes. Um, four minutes? Three minutes, 45 Did I? Oh my God. Check me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is amazing, you know. But I'm, yeah. You you decided to to stay, and yeah. When I first got in, it felt like knives were actually on my legs, and I thought I'm not going to be able to do this. And there was this part of me that I, <laughs> I was about a split second away from jumping out of the ice bath, yeah. and then I stayed with it. And then I was like, oh, I don't think I can get out. I don't think I want to get out. But it was two minutes I was supposed to stay in, right? Yeah. I mean, not that I'm competitive or anything, but I kind of fucking smashed it. <laughs> So reflecting on yesterday's ice bath, it was actually quite different to how I expected. The pain, actually, when I first got in the bath was much sharper than I expected. I don't think I'd actually quite realised how cold it was going to be. But the feeling after it, oh my God, I just felt like elated. I couldn't, to be honest with you, I couldn't get to sleep last night for quite a while because I was on such a high from it. Uh, so I am a little bit tired this morning, but in like a good way because I was buzzing from it last night. And it probably doesn't help, but I was buzzing that much after it that me, producer Juliet, Alex and his assistant Jess went for a drink after we'd done the ice bath. He took us to this amazing place, which was just down the road through some rice fields. And it was like, it didn't look like much from the outside, but oh, it was amazing. The main thing that I'm sort of taking away from the ice bath is the fact that it helps you control your mind a little bit more or be more, you know, being okay with doing things that you don't actually like doing. And if you stick with it, the reward might actually pay off in the end. Weirdly, I, I would actually get an ice bath at my house. I would I would very happily do them. Well, happily, that would probably be an exaggeration, but I would definitely like to have an ice bath at home and do it every day and sort of get myself into that different space. But I'd probably choose to do them in the morning because then it would like set me up for the day and give me loads more energy. Thank you so much, Rich and Alex, for being a part of this episode of Finding Feel Good. If you want to find out more about Rich, please go to realign.com. And if you want to find out more about Alex, go to breathingcoldbarley.com. We'll also put those links in the show notes for you. And we'll be back next week with even more adventures into Finding Feel Good. I'll be trying out sound healing at the Pyramids of Chi and talking to sound healing expert, Jasmine Hemsley. With a sound bath, you generally lie down, totally surrender, a lot of us don't ever get to practice this being, you know, this stop and be still. I said, Chris, I want to build a couple of pyramids up in Bali. You're big in financial circles. How do I raise a million dollars? Listen next week for that episode, wherever you get your podcasts.